Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. Today, I, I want to just start off by saying that, you know, have you heard some, some of you may not have heard, but I know many of you have heard about the ABCs of faith. Uh, so like the ABCs of faith, you know, what faith is, how faith comes and how to release it. Basically, it's been around for a number of years. Uh, and those are the basic, we could say they're the mechanics of faith or the technical side of faith, how, what faith is, uh, you know, what is it, how faith comes, and then how do you release faith? Those are the three main mechanics of faith. And uh, the, the first time I heard them, they were a great blessing to me, and they're important. The technical or mechanical side, uh, the mechanics of faith are important. And then the last couple weeks, uh, what we heard uh, from uh, Jeff when he spoke and Patsy when she spoke, about renewing the mind, and uh, there's a statement that uh, Jeff made. He said, a renewed mind knows where they stand and knows God's will in a situation, and that's what happens when we renew our mind to the Word. And then Patsy last week talked about every day and just talked about daily bread. So uh, just building upon, I'd like to build upon uh, what we've heard recently So it's interesting that when you think about the ABCs of faith, when you think about renewing your mind, when you think about spending time daily with him, and then uh, you look at this Mark chapter 5, and I think it's an interesting scenario here, scenario, uh, this lady, um, she didn't hear any technical teaching on the mechanics of faith. She did not even have a relationship with the Lord, and you see what happened, and and the reason I'm stressing this, because all of it's important, but we just want to see how supernatural and how powerful it is when we hear something. So in Mark chapter 5 and verse 27, it says, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I may only touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Now, even what just happened with Annie last week, Patsy just spoke a blessing, but she heard in, in, her, in Spanish, be healed. But the thing is, is she heard. This lady heard. So this portion of Scripture, it's been used around the world by many people to teach the ABCs of faith, what faith is, how faith comes, and how to release it. And this, especially the scripture is, you know, how did faith come and how did she release it? You can really do some teaching in that area. But what's so interesting is that she never heard it. <laughs> and, and she did not even have a relationship. So what, what I'm wanting to really stress here is uh, that when we hear all things, we talk about all things being possible. The first thing that would happen for all things for us to believe is we hear first. And we're going to look at that today. Hearing is really important. So this is so powerful because she heard in a very fragile state. And, and, and you know, I think about people 
And, you know, if you have Jesus on the inside of the Holy Spirit, we love people. And when I think about how people hurt and, and then people get become weak and frail sometimes in their physical bodies because they're being attacked with sickness, and, and you think somebody in a very weak and frail state, if they hear one word from God, it can turn the whole thing around. I mean, Annie just heard a command last week, and she, it changed everything. So when, when, I, when I think about God's word and hearing God's word and what it can do, it, it, to me, it's exciting. So look at the word heart here. I, I felt, you know, like heart and hear, it's kind of just a little, I don't know what you would call it, a play with a word. But notice the word ear in there. You, got, you have heart and you have hear. But notice that you, you, you have ear in heart and you have ear in hear. And so our, we have a natural ear. And, and I've covered this. We've looked at this previously on a Sunday morning. I don't know how long ago. We have natural ears, but we also have a spiritual ear. And so when, when we talk about the heart, we're not talking about the heart the organ that pumps blood. We're talking about the spiritual heart. And this is the place that uh, we want to hear, you know, the heart versus the head. You know, when you, you, if you put the word head up there, you're not going to find ear. But, you know, even though when we hear with our natural ear, we're hearing it's up here, but what happens up in the brain is not the same as what happens in the spiritual heart. There's a lot of very intelligent people in the world and their brains. I mean, there's, you know, I've been around people that are so intelligent. I think I better not talk around these people because they'll see like how, where I'm at with my intelligence. There's geniuses out there. And, and, you know, so it's, it's better not to even talk in front of them. But I know this, they might have a lot up there, but if I hear one word from God and it's a word that I need, it can turn my situation around. And I know that a genius can't, sometimes you can't figure out your situation. Now, I'm, I, I respect geniuses and I respect intelligent people because they've done a lot for this world. So please don't misunderstand me in that area. But I do know when you really need something from God and you hear one word, you can be an uneducated I mean, in, in the uh, book of Acts, it talks about how they took note of Jesus' di- disciples because they'd been with, they took note of them because they'd been with Jesus and they were considered uneducated people. And these uneducated ones were impressing the educated ones because they'd been with Jesus. So there's this wisdom that can come down from heaven, and that wisdom is a game changer. When, when words come down from heaven, when words come from God's word to us and we get it and we hear it with our heart, it's, it's a game changer, okay? So hearing with the heart changes lives and destinies, all right? The lady with the issue of blood, it's very interesting here that we just read. She wasn't forced. No one took her and put her arm behind her back and twisted her arm and said, go after Jesus, leave your house, You've been suffering for what, was it 12 years? I haven't, uh, but you've been suffering all these years. You spent all your money on doctors. The treatment was really painful. You've been sick all this time. You're weak, but you know, I'm gonna put your arm behind your back and leave your house. You may live on the second floor. Go walk down those steps, walk through the crowd, walk through the streets, 
push through the crowd, find Jesus and touch him. There wasn't any person that told her to do that. But she heard in her heart, and she was completely motivated by faith. Because when we hear things in our heart, along with the hearing, a lot of times we see. Jesus talks about seeing they didn't see and hearing they didn't hear. Those are people that operate in the natural. But there's this way of operating in the supernatural. So you, you see with spiritual eyes and you hear with spiritual ears. This lady saw herself, I'm sure, when she heard about Jesus, that he was anointed. And she saw herself getting to him and touching the hem of his garment. And she did it. But it wasn't motivated by man. It wasn't motivated by a natural educated brain. It was motivated from the heart. She heard something in her heart. And so this is why, you know, we have to always come back to this as Christians. And we, we, we don't want to operate out of our head as Christians. We want to operate in a supernatural way as Christians. And uh, so it's important to keep hearing. Um, so here, um, we can say this, hearing is a major component to our Christianity. Hearing is a major component component to our Christianity. So today, as I I sent a text out or email, we're going to talk about this today, hearing that turns on the light, turns the light on. So going like to Luke chapter 10, we won't spend a lot of time here, but it's it's this very well-known piece of scripture, uh, and it's about Martha and Mary. And in verse... 38, it says, they, they went and entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. What a tattertale. She was just a simple tattletale, wasn't she? And, um, and, but it, it, notice here concerning not, not Mary, but Martha. I mean, uh, not Martha, but this is about Mary. Mary wasn't sitting at his feet admiring him. You know, we see all those, you know, when people like show, paint something of Jesus, he's got this long, beautiful hair. You know, and he's got, you know, uh, like a Middle Eastern beautiful face with beautiful skin tone and sometimes a beard. And she wasn't sitting there going, man, that guy's single. And wow, good looking guy. She, she wasn't admiring him. But it says she sat at Jesus' feet and heard with not just, I'm sure she was listening so intently that her spiritual ears were hearing, not just her natural ears. She was there for the word. And uh, I've seen this, you know, uh, we've been around large ministries throughout our Christianity, Patsy and I, and it's so important for all of us Christians. You know, I've noticed that large ministries, when you get two, three hundred employees, 
and 500 employees at a large ministry, and they all work together during the week from Monday to Friday. And sometimes the leadership has to do some correcting during the week, and somebody gets corrected, and in a sense, it's offensive, and they mix up the work of the ministry with sitting and feeding. And so sometimes you see, and I noticed this, that people wouldn't come to church on Sunday. They thought, well, I did ministry all week. Well, they were doing administrative work and all that kind of stuff. And what, and, and, he, and here's what Jesus said about, he said this in verse 41. It says, Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. And sometimes you can be offended, not just trouble. But he said, but look at this. He said, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. So, so what, what is Jesus saying there? He said, you know, you tattletale you. You want, you want me to go do something and tell her to help you? But she chose to sit under the word, and I'm not going to take that away from her. So even, I'm, I know I prayed already, but if I can just, like, let's just, uh, I, I just want to do this again. Father, I just lift up everyone that serves at Rama Family Church, Father, and, and you're the way maker, Father, and, and I just thank you, Father, that each person that serves, that they will not be the, the word and sitting under the, and hearing the word, Father, that would not be taken away. So, Father, even ways that, that, uh, that I, I even see sitting here, our children's ministry came to the 830 service as they go to serve, Father, they, they, they chose the word, Father. The word is so important. It's the best part, Father. And I thank you for all those that serve, Father, that they don't forget how important the word is. Father, thank you for that. I was thinking uh, about this, um, this portion of scripture, and it says that she was busy with many things. And I thought about today in the world that we're in today versus, think about the Old Testament. You know, they built statues of stone in the Old Testament. When we think about distractions and what pulls people, can you imagine in today's world where we have magnificent, you know, the screens with brilliant colors, TV screens, iPhone, for you Samsung, Samsung, Nokia, Nokia, however you say, you know, beautiful screens, I don't know if anyone in today's world is that impressed with a, with a, a, a statue carved out of stone of a God they don't know. But there's a lot of other things that get our attention today. There's beautiful movie stars. There's sports figures. There's musicians. There's so many things that can pull us. And I don't think the statues back there, you know, they, they had nothing back there, so they did a statue. But what Jesus is saying, that, you know, there's all these distractions, and we have to understand what the main thing is, and that's the word. Because when you hear the word with your heart, that we talk about all things are possible with God, and, and of course that's true. That's, we never question the thing, all things are possible with God. But Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible for you. So there's those two parts, God's part. God's always there, and all things are always possible with him. But Jesus said, if you can believe, 
all things are possible. So we have to think, well, what are our steps to believing and not letting distraction come in and knowing that hearing one word in our heart can turn everything around. It's the difference between natural and supernatural. Okay. So here's what Jesus said on hearing in Matthew 15 and verse 10. Uh, It says, when he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear and understand. You know, Jesus, you know, he didn't waste words because, you know, there's a hearing that is not, doesn't include understanding, but there is a hearing and an understanding. When the understanding comes, it's a game changer. This word understanding, if you look it up in the Greek, it's all Greek to me, but thank God for the Greek people that they can put it into English. So, see, this word understanding, I won't even try to pronounce all those things, but it it means to put together. So, he says here, and this understanding that he's talking about is when you hear, you're able to put it together. It makes sense. I remember the first, I, I remember that I traveled for about ten years with a, a, min, a, a minister who's up in heaven now, but he did healing ministry and he kept teaching these basic things about the anointing and about the laying on of hands. Uh, and I remember when I was sitting on the front row and I heard him teach that numerous times. But I remember when the light actually came on and I saw something in the realm of the spirit. And it made sense to me then. It was more than something in my brain or education. It was revelation. And I began to understand the laying on of hands in a different way. See, we're we're, we're talking about things here that they're game changers when it comes to receiving. So this understanding, why is it's it's vital to understand. Here's... here's, um, Jesus said these things here. Uh, Just going to read some parts of Scripture, starting in Matthew 11, 15. He says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Uh, He who has ears, let him hear. And hear with their ears. He who has ears, let him hear. Hear and understand. Now, I just purposely did. That's all from the book of Matthew. I wanted to show you how many times Jesus was emphasizing this. And then if you continue in Matthew 15, here's something else that Jesus said. He says, do you not understand? Do you not yet understand? (laughs) Sounds like he was getting frustrated. He wanted them to hear and understand. And then he says, how is it that you do not understand? Now, we're Christians, and so we have this advantage. He's talking to a group of people that are not born again. And so their spirits were not regenerated. But we're Christians, and so we're believers. And so it's our nature, and because of our, you know, our supernatural nature, uh, Jesus was talking to a different group of people. But nonetheless, it's important for us as Christians to know hearing can happen up here, and it can stay up here, but then there is this other hearing that you hear it in your heart. It's supernatural. The spirit of man and the spirit of God and us hearing, it's, it, it, it's a game changer. 
Um, so I, I put it this way. There's different ways that we can listen or hear. There's a, a not interested in my heart way. But I'll humor you and act like I'm listening. We've all done it. There, there's a casual kind of hearing. There's an obligated kind of hearing where you feel obligated. Uh, as a Christian, I've never felt obligated to go to church, and I've never felt obligated to hear. I've wanted to go to church, and I've wanted to hear, and it makes hearing much better. <laughs> and then there's, I won't believe it unless I see it kind of hearing. And uh, I just was talking to an older gentleman. I know I look like it, that I go to the gym three times a week. I'm just being real positive there. I probably don't look like I go to the gym. <laughs> but nonetheless, I was at the gym, and I, I would say this guy was going on 80 years old. He still had a very strong Irish accent, and I was proud of myself because I, I said, are you from Ireland? Because he could have been from somewhere in England or Scotland, but I got it. He said, yeah. And I wanted to work my way around to tell him about Jesus. I just didn't think a, a man of that age would be so, you know, he was, you know, pretty spicy there, whatever you want to say. But he just pointed his finger at me when I told him, he said, he called Jesus a dude. But he said, there ain't nobody that's ever been raised from the dead. Jesus was just a dude. You know, I thought, wow, that's like really strong. But see, the thing is, that's supernatural. We don't realize it. But when we heard about Jesus, we, we heard in our heart, and I knew that this man, he needs some prayer. Now, I don't know. That's the first time. I just saw him a few days ago at the gym, and I don't know if I'll see him again because you don't always see the same people. But I thought, you know, that man needs prayer because he, he doesn't see Jesus as the Savior. He, he, he doesn't believe that he was raised from the dead. So um, he's more like, I won't believe it unless I see it kind of a person. And then there's this, there's like supernatural forces that try to prevent us to understand. Like there's a supernatural working out there that's not God that's trying to prevent us from understanding. You see it in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3, it says, if the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from the people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. The, the, this is not talking about uh, Christians. This is talking about somebody, the man I just mentioned, who I talked to. This, he's in this category. He isn't a Christian. But it says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. And so outside the walls of our church, the Satan, the devil, his goal is to blind people's minds so they don't understand the light of the glorious gospel. And so there's a way that you can pray for somebody like that, and, uh, and I'll, we'll do it in a minute here. I'll show you. But there's different views about this, that we, what we just read. There's views out there uh, in, the, in the church world that, that God blinds people's minds because they're terrible sinners, and, and it goes along with uh, that 
God predestines those who he wants to save. And he already made that choice. And the ones that he doesn't save, he blinds their minds. And I always think when I hear that view, it it's, hurts me uh, because the precious blood of Jesus, we know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, you know, and so that's, that's a view that hurts. It, it, it's a grieving kind of a view. But, of course, the scripture above says that it's Satan and the devil that blinds minds. And, it, it, and so I, I can't blame God for something the devil's doing. Satan is blinding the minds of people out there so they don't get saved. And then we know from Timothy, in 1 Timothy 2, 4, it says, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And so it's God's will that everyone is saved and comes to the knowledge of the truth. And he's not blinding people's minds. So this is the way that you can pray for somebody that's lost. Heavenly Father, I lift up Tom to you. You sent your son for him. I thank you that you gave me authority over all spiritual wickedness. So right now, in the name of Jesus, Satan, I bind you. I command you to stop blinding the mind of Tom right now in Jesus' name. And Heavenly Father, thank you for sending a laborer to Tom to share the gospel with him because Tom may be a friend or a relative, and a lot of times our, our friends and relatives don't necessarily want to hear from us. So you can ask the Lord to send a laborer to them to share the good news. And so there's a way to pray for the lost. And there is a supernatural power out there that hates God so much to Satan that he wants the precious blood of Jesus. Satan's eternal enemy is Jesus, and he wants to take people to hell, whereas Jesus wants to take them, get them all to heaven. Okay. Now, I, along uh, these certain lines, too, I, I'd just like to encourage everyone. If you, I've made it a purpose since I've been a Christian to not let this come out of my mouth I just don't understand what they're preaching about. I just don't understand the word. I've made a practice of not letting that come out of my mouth. Now, I remember I did it one time. It was in this building, and I'm trying to think. I might have been sitting right in this area. We had Dr. Carolyn Leaf here. And, uh, and so she, the very first night, she talked a lot about um, quantum physics, and it was something that I never looked into, quantum physics. So after I was just telling a few people in the green room, I said, I, I didn't really understand that uh, tonight about quantum physics. And when, when it came out of my mouth, the Lord said, don't say that again. He, you know, and even though when you read the Bible, you don't see things about quantum. But the Lord even, he even told me not to say that. And then he said, he said, Go study and you'll learn about it. In other words, it was almost like God does, he, he isn't for us saying, I didn't, I didn't understand that. I don't understand. That, that's, God's not really into that. So he said, go read about quantum physics and you'll, you'll, you'll understand it. In other words, don't get in a position saying, well, I don't understand that and I don't understand that. No. Jesus said, hear and what? Understand. So this is like saying, you know, it's really important to God. We, we want to watch what we believe and say about that area. Don't say, I just don't understand. I don't, what's all that about? No. He wants to give understanding. 
okay? So I've made that a practice. And so anytime I hear anyone teaching and preaching, I have an expectancy to learn something. If I'm not here and I'm sitting there, no matter who's up here ministering, I'm going to get something. I'm going to understand. I'm going to hear and I'm going to understand. That, that's the expectancy that I always have. I love this scripture, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 6. It says, this same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It has been bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. I love that. That's what we have to offer. But notice they heard when they first heard and they understood, that's when life changed. It's a game changer to hear and to understand. Here's another one. Look at Matthew chapter 13 and verse 15. It says, for this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. That's not natural eyes, and it's not natural ears. It's being able to see with spiritual eyes and hear with spiritual ears. And he said, when you see with spiritual eyes and you hear with spiritual eyes, it says, and understand with their heart and turn. Notice there's a turning. Anytime we see with spiritual eyes and hear with our spiritual eye, there, it, it's something, there's a turning. You hear something and it's so impacting that it brings you to action. The lady with the issue of blood, sick and frail for many years, she heard about Jesus and it caused her to, it turned her. In this case, the, the turning was she left her place, walked through the streets and went to touch Jesus. It had an effect. Anytime we hear and understand, it has an effect. So with all of that said, that was just to get to this, and I just want to give you five things that position us to understand these five things. So here's the first one. Watch how you hear. And in Luke chapter 8 and verse 18, it says, take, therefore take heed how you hear. For whoever has to him, more will be given, and whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken from him. That's pretty hardcore, but this is like Jesus talking here. And you know how, uh, you know, Robin Hood, which, boy, we've watched Robin Hood a lot of times throughout the years, all the different ones, Kevin Costner and was whoever played the parts, you know, and it's, you know, it's kind of like thinking, oh, look, look at he's helping the poor people. It makes you feel good, doesn't it? But here's the Lord and he's saying, whoever has, more will be given. It doesn't sound real Robin Hoody, you know, but it's, it's in the realm of the spirit, you know. And what he's saying is, you know, if you know how to get something in the realm of the spirit, you'll know how to, you'll know how to keep getting it. But if you don't know, even what you have, you're going to lose. And this is like in the realm of the spirit. So we're told in the Bible to help poor people. So this is not for, we're not talking about material things here. We're, as Christians, we help poor people. But we're talking about spiritually speaking, this is what Jesus said. So he said, 
this. He said, take heed how you hear. Because the how part is the attitude in which we hear. So there's these common things like, I, I already know this, you know, and we have all dealt with that before. But yet there can be a knowing in the mind because our mind, you know, I've heard healing, I've heard healing taught now for 30 or 40, no, I've, heard, I've heard healing taught for 40 years now. I've taught healing myself for 30-something years. I have like a lot of hours of teaching on the subject of healing. But if I get any sickness or pain in my body, all of what I have up here that I, could, I can teach, I have to get back into my heart when that happens. You know, all of the head knowledge and everything, we, faith is of the heart. So it's really important that we, we just need to remind ourselves as Christians, faith is of the heart. So there can be a head knowledge, but we want that heart. So uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But it's like intelligence versus spiritual revelation. The intelligence of the natural brain versus spiritual revelation in the heart. What moves you? Okay. Um, so when it says, let's watch how you hear, that's like you make a choice to listen with the intention you will hear something. And that's what I do all the time, no matter who's ministering the word. We've had people in their 20s. We, I think we've had some, somebody in the teens behind our pulpit before. And I sat there and listened. My wife was one of my teachers at Bible school, but no matter who's here, if my wife's here and she was, and I have a high respect for her, you know, we're married and we have the natural thing, but I have a high respect for her spiritually. And when she's back here teaching, I, I receive. But if there is a 19, 18-year-old here, it's the word. I'm going to sit there with the same expectancy. I, I reverence the word. I want to hear the word. Okay. Here's number two. Then you want to watch what you hear. Mark 4, 24, it says, Then he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear will more be given. So what is like content? But you also see attitude in this scripture both. You see them both. But like what is the contents? And so throughout the years, I've always been... I try to keep a healthy balance that I respect the entire body of Christ, but I'm aware that in the body of Christ, there's different views on things. And so I respect the parts of the body that see things differently than, than I do, but I know enough, the old wise saying is, eat the hay and spit out the sticks. So there's some that teach very well on a certain subject, but then they get over into another subject and it really, for me, it doesn't line up. So I think I'm going to eat this hay over here. But if they talk about this, I know what the Bible says. I'm rightly, I want to rightly divide the word of God. So he says, watch what you hear. So is an example, uh, an older minister who's up in heaven. Years ago, they asked him to teach, go on TBN. Remember TBN in America? And 
and he would go on. But then the next person after him, he would teach that it's God's will to heal and that healing is in the atonement, you know, and that means if healing's in the atonement, then healing's for everyone. And then what can we do to get, receive our healing? Then they would have somebody on right after him and they would teach something because it's completely opposite. So it was great to be on TV in front of millions of people, but he stopped going on TV. He stopped going there. And I personally knew him because I was serving him. And I said, why, why aren't you going on TVN any longer? He said, well, I'm, I'm busy and I, I need to use my time. And he said, so if, if, I, if they have a bunch of speakers all day and I'm the only one that, that teaches that healing is in the atonement and it's God's will to heal everyone and everyone else is saying contrary things, that's not a good use of my time. I, because right when I'm finished, somebody else is going to come on and say, it's not that way. So he said, I use my time where I'm the most beneficial. Now, maybe some, somebody else would think, hey, I would, I would stay on TV and do that. But that was the way he saw it. But watch what you hear. So if you need healing in your body and you listen to somebody that says, well, God may heal you or he may not, if that's what you're feeding on, it's not the best thing to feed on if you really have sickness in your body. You want to feed on the right stuff. So he says, watch what you hear. I like Acts 17 and verse 11. It says, now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness. And I like this, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. And so if I hear somebody teach, and, you know, sometimes right here you think that's not quite right, but I got to go, I got to get back in that word and see if it's so. And that's what we all should do. The third thing is take no offense. And, and, and I, I see where the time is, so I'm going to just do this a little quicker. But it's so interesting. There's different ways we can get offended. Like I've seen people get offended when somebody takes their seat in church. That's a little thing. But then, you know, there's people that have arguments and that gets offended. But then there is this other kind of offense, and it's like getting, like the word of God has offended people. And this is the one I'm talking about. Like when God's word can offend, it's like Jesus said, take no offense. So I notice with Jesus, I'll, I'll do this a little quicker, but Jesus, he, people were in his hometown, they were offended at his prominence and the goods he had from heaven. And so without reading all of it, I'm going to just skip down to verse number 57, uh, uh, Dixie, if Matthew 13, 57, it says they took offense at him. And why did they do that? Because, well, he was the carpenter's son, but he talked about how God was using his hands and all the miracles that happened. They were offended both at his prominence and the goods that he had from God. Well, that's one thing we don't want to do. We don't want to get offended over that. But then also in Matthew, here's another thing here, tradition. Jesus kind of messed up religious tradition. And so in Matthew 15 and verse 2, it says, why do, you, why do your disciples break the tradition of elders? for they do not wash their hands when they eat. And so then you go down to verse 11, and it says, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. So Jesus deals with this issue, and then the disciples came and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? 
And so the word of God can mess with our traditions of the past. So we want to watch how we hear. We want to watch what we hear, but we want to make sure we don't let God's word offend us. What we've heard in the past isn't always correct. Number four, focus. And you see in Luke chapter 19 and verse 47, it says, he was teaching daily in the temple, but the chief priest, the scribes, and the leaders of the people sought to destroy him and were unable to do anything for all the people were very attentive to hear him. And see this whole thing with the word, um, God's word has been called the bread of life. Jesus used the terminology. He said, feed my sheep. So if you think about it, you know, people that go after bread are hungry. They have the need of hunger. It's hunger. Now, I know for the last 42 years, I've been really serious about it. I love God's word. I don't know if I'm like weird or unusual, but I've, when we did Bible school in Italy, we had a guest speaker come in. We weren't pastoring at the time, so our own, we gave all of our attention to the Bible school. It, it's hard to do as a pastor, but if we had a guest speaker come in and we had three hours a day, five days a week, 15 hours, Patsy and I sat and we already gone through Bible school. We went through Bible school so many times because we sat and listened to three hours a day. I mean, I love the word. Just love God's word. And so these people, they were very attentive to hear. I just want to encourage everyone, you know, and I know the majority of you agree or you're on this page, but I just want to encourage you it's not an obligation to hear the word. It's, I don't, I don't even know the word to use. It's, it's glorious to hear the word. It's the bread of life. And, and so I encourage everyone, every time you sit, with, have the thought, this is the bread of life. One word from God can turn every impossible situation, it turns it around. Number five, pray this scripture. And I know, you know, I, I, I keep getting on this scripture, but this is like an amazing scripture. Ephesians 1.15, we looked at how to pray for the lost, but this is how to pray for Christians. We can pray it for ourselves, and we can pray for other people. It says, therefore, I also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And then especially this part, there's so much here, but the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know. I find it interesting that you may know is very associated with the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. It isn't till we hear with our heart. There's like this supernatural realm. We're in this natural world 
and we're flesh and blood, but there's like this supernatural realm that when God's word is going out, you actually hear, and it's you hear with your spirit, and the eyes of your understanding are enlightened, and then it says that you may know. And you get knowing a lot of stuff, and you it makes you want to even know more. It just it's a hunger. And so everyone's different, but I personally, when I sit on the front row, I put my phone down on the floor and I look at who's, I look at the minister. And I, I, I'm, it's like I, I'm a, I fix my eyes on them. You know, and it's kind of weird for me to do this because like, you know, if you know my history, I never wanted to stand up in front of people and talk. And when I think that I'm behind a pulpit and people are fixing their eyes on me, it's like, in one way, my personality would say, can you guys, like, turn and look at the back wall while I'm teaching? But they, you know, that's what people, like, when you're really attentive, like, you want to get something. This, so, so no matter who ministers, I, I'm, I'm fixing my, they're walking, I'm looking at them. I, I don't want to get weird and, you know, I don't want to do, sound cultish or anything. They, they weren't admiring Jesus, but they were, they were very attentive for the word. You know, so it's not, it's not a person, but it's the word. And uh, it's, it's hard to do like two things at once. And so we look at our phones enough. And so church is the time to focus and be attentive for the word. And it's interesting, uh, this, uh, there's the enlightenment comes first. And then the knowing comes second. But here, look at Luke 24 and verse 45. And it says, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Uh, and see, that's before Jesus went and was seated up in heaven. He's walking after he was raised from the dead. He's walking with his disciples. And before he went up into heaven, uh, they didn't really know who he was. And they didn't really understand what he was saying. But then it says he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. This is what Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 15 is all about. You can pray it for yourself. You can pray it for other Christians. You can pray it for me. Uh, it's a game changer. Okay, so just summarizing what we said here. Hearing precedes faith. Hearing precedes believing. When we hear, we are positioned for faith to come. Believing isn't a head thing. Believing is a heart thing. Doing becomes supernatural instead of mechanical, obligatory, or ceremonial when you hear because you're motivated by God's word. It's a supernatural motivation. It isn't a mechanical, it's not obligation, it's not ceremonial, it's not even, you know, it's not like this is not a liturgy, and I do respect the liturgies, but you see what I'm saying? It's supernatural. And then doing is much easier when we hear because it has a supernatural element. So that's what we're saying today. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. Just like practical application, thinking about what we heard last week and the week before. Very simply, live life with fresh manna. Faith doesn't come from having heard. Faith comes from hearing. So we can have a lot up here, but
but we always want to make sure that we have fresh manna, fresh bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Hallelujah. Daily bread makes for supernatural days. Father, I thank you so much for each person that's here, each person that is watching online. Father, I pray with all of my heart, Father, that people would all come to a very clear understanding that your word and hearing your word is the key component to a supernatural life. And Father, that we reverence your word, that we're attentive to hearing your word, that we put your word first place, Father. Just thank you that we're all so aware and grateful that you gave us your word. I want to pray a prayer be, and, and then uh, invite Caleb up after. But if you're with us today and you have yet to make Jesus your Lord, I trust that you heard something today that sparked that. And I want to pray this with you. And the Bible talks about repenting from dead works and putting faith in him. In other words, a dead work is like if you think something's going to save you, like your good works or church attendance or church membership, that won't, that's all dead. You want to turn. Repent means to turn. And you want to put your faith in Christ Jesus as your Savior. And so what we want to do today, that's the kind of prayer we want to pray that you're saying, I, I forsake all of the other stuff. They, that's not going to save me, but I'm going to put faith in Jesus. I'd like to pray this prayer with you. So let's pray together as a church family right now. You can say this with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, I thank you. You came for me. You died for me. You shed your blood for me. You were raised from the dead for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. I turned from every dead work and I put my faith in you. I forsake my old way of living. I want nothing to do with it. And I want you. I receive you. Amen. Now, if you pray that prayer, Caleb's going to come up and he's going to give, uh, let you know what you can do after praying that prayer. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au.